0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 334 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth, doing well.
1: I started watching Stranger Things. I'm still sleeping (laughs) at night. It's a very good (laughs) sign. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's that's good i thought do you like it i figured you would like it i i, I think it seems like a, a show that you could get into maybe eh? I, th- I
1: thought that's pretty good i
0: finally understand where that meme comes
1: from with the the lights and the the letters on the walls oh now now, yeah. now, now i understand all of that <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well well that's good enjoying the stranger things in preparation for uh, an upcoming secret layer drop but before we get into all that we got another co-host in grim what's up grim
2: uh morning seth uh, i am uh i'm pretty excited because we have a decent amount of announcements for uh some sweet new promos courtesy of well actually secret layers new drops i don't know, are those promos now are are those considered promos I, uh,
0: I don't consider them promos but I don't know i don't I don't begrudge you for thinking of them that way. So, I, I mean, I think it could go either way. But I personally, I don't know. I think of them as their own thing rather than promos. But I'm not exactly sure why. <laughs> They're called <laughs> premium cards. Premium cards? Okay. <laughs>
2: premium cards, promos, whatever. <laughs> new drop. Uh, so, new artworks. And you know I like to mix and match my artwork
0: well uh that's true so, Krim is like the perfect secret layer consumer because of the mix and matching and that's actually one of our topics today we got a huge list of new secret layer drops so we're going to talk about that a bit we got some changes to historic brawl and then we got some uh, magic esports news to go over so those are our three big topics and then of course answering your fish mail so that's the overview for today before we get into it a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, you may have heard about them before from us. They're a great way to sell your magic collection. And they're offering a new service that's geared towards selling smaller batches of valuable cards with reduced service fees. With their curated shipment service, you can sell your cards for the best available buy list price with only a 5% service fee. And as with all Card Conduit services, you don't gotta sort your cards, you don't gotta grade your cards, you can just safely package them up and ship them out. And of course, you'll get a detailed report of the results. So check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list up to 150 cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and a low, low service fee of just 5%, and you can even get a 10% discount by going to cardconduit.com card goldfishcardconduit. They're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show today. And uh, let's talk some magic. Let's start with... The huge secret layer announcement. We got a absolutely massive list of secret layers, which I think are currently on sale. I want to say they just went on sale, maybe today, if I'm if I'm reading this right. But Richard, what is uh what is up for sale, secret layer wise, now with this huge super drop? All right, it's the all natural, totally refreshing
1: super drop. There's like a billion drops in here, so I'll try to I'll try to cover them all. We have Saturday morning D and D. Secret lair drop. Um, apparently, there was a DD cartoon in the 80s, and uh, with a very, I guess, 80s looking art style comics, uh, we have Commander Sphere, Word of Invention, Heroes Downfall, Impact Tremors, Primal Vigor, Unbreakable Formation, uh, with classic DD cartoon art, which I've shockingly never seen. It must have not been that popular. Um, Next up, we have artist series, Mark Poole. Uh, Mark Poole, the artist, it's his art. Uh, Balance, Birds of Paradise, Brainstorm, Counterspell, Howling Mind, and Wasteland. Uh, We have special guest series, Fiona Staples, doing uh, Dryad of Ilthian Grove, Metallic Mimic, Sakura Tribe Elder, Soulscar Mage, and Spell Queller. We have special guest, Jen Bartell, Doing uh, Archaeomancer, Bloom Tender, Meteor Golem, Mesa Enchantress. We have the Phyrexian Complete Edition. These are the Phyrexian uh, Praetors with Phyrexian language on the cards. So similar to the Elishnor Judge uh, promo, we have uh, the original. So, you know what? I actually realized Wizards didn't put the name of the Praetors anywhere on the website. Uh, on the picture. But... From my memory, Elish Norn, Jingitaxius, Sholdred, uh, Urabask, and Vorinclex. Uh, these are the OG versions. And then we have Mother's Day 2021 featuring uh four Mother Rune arts, all very uh different arts uh, for mother runes. And of course they come in various foil, non-foil versions, and you can get the whole thing together. Uh oh, I forgot the last one. The last one is actually two bundles of signets. From Dan Frazier, so they look like the old school, uh, I guess, Moxon art. Uh, but we have Allied Signets and Enemy Signets, so they're all available right now uh, on the Secret Lair website until July twenty third. So you have a little bit over a month to get in on it.
0: This is so I'm actually, yeah, kind of kind of impressed by these drops from a value perspective. I feel like they kind of. Pulled out the stops a little bit more than usual. I mean, the big, the big money is uh, the Praters. The Praters. Some of the individual Praters are like forty or fifty dollar cards. So, getting them all together, when they first uh, announced there was going to be a layer drop, I figured they were going to sell the Prater drop for like a hundred dollars just for that one drop, based on the secondary market prices of the Praters themselves. They're selling it for thirty bucks or forty for foil, and that's consistent through all of these. Like, you can get the bundles to get a discount. But if you're buying them individually, every single one of these... Forty bucks for the foil versions, thirty dollars for the normal versions, and there's a lot of value in here. Uh, even the the lesser drops, I would say, like the Mark Pool drop, it's got a Wasteland that's like a thirty-five dollar card and some other stuff. Uh, if you look at uh, one of the one of the artist series ones, it has Bloom Tender that's like a forty-five dollar card. There's a Primal Vigor in one of them, which is a forty-dollar card. So I feel like there's actually a surprising amount of value in this Lair drop, so you can actually get. In this case, I think a discount on these cards. If you need Praetors, if you need Wasteland, if you need Bloom Tender, if you need any of these cards for your Commander decks or whatever, this is a, a pretty cheap way to get them.
2: Yeah, I mean, this—they all have like a, a pretty solid staple attached to the to the pairings. And I think for the for all of this, the one thing I'm excited for, and I felt like it, you know it took them quite a while to get to it, is the Signets. I think. uh I mean I'd like to see more of them. Uh and then I, ho- I I was hoping they would do the talismans uh first because you still have the Azorius talisman still being expensive uh and, and whatnot. But I I really like the old bordered uh uh signets. I think that was a super sweet drop. That's probably the one I, I, I'm most excited for, and then it would be the Praetors.
0: Yeah, I feel like Praetors are hard to pass up. I have issues with the signets. What uh, what's your issue with signets, Richard?
1: They they very look they they look like Moxen right they're like the old border the art style the temple like everything but they're Signets like you can't you can't use that iconic look on Signets right like it should be reserved for like you know maybe like say Mox Amber I guess right or like you know like the newer Moxes they print could use that but these are just Signets you can't. But these, you can't I use this iconic
2: look on Signets. These it's get like, more play though across the board than all
1: of those. That makes sense, but why they should use their own style, man? I don't, I don't know. It feels wrong, you know. Like master- you look at it, it like, oh, is this Power Nine? No, it's just actually Signets.
0: They they do look like Moxon. I will say that, although like. Is part of it because it's Dan Frazier? Do you think that, does that make you feel any better about it? That it is Dan Frazier doing the art? Does it fit thematically based on the artist? Uh, I like them in Old Border, but I do get what you're saying. Like, if you just saw these at a glance, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think Signet. I would immediately think Moxon. Obviously, when you read them, you can tell the difference. It's not like it's going to fool anyone uh, or whatever, but they are very, very Moxon looking. <sighs> Is that a bad thing though? Like, I don't know. I think I'm okay with it. I think that's a plus. So,
2: I am I'm in love with it. And and like like yeah, they they really do look like, you know, Moxen and I think that's this is okay though because I think in commander with how popular these are, I I definitely see why they they made these in the fancy border, right? Cause not everybody wants to. I mean, obviously, if they printed mocks and that'd be absurd. But, but, but uh, like, yeah, like everyone plays these, and it's like so common. Uh, so I, I prefer that when it comes to like special art stuff and promo stuff. I prefer it to be a card that is more likely to get played than some random reprints and stuff like that. Mox I Opal. will say <laughs> could have put
1: boxholp in this in this format.
2: Uh, <laughs> I mean they could
0: have made they could have made updated moxin, although the price might be an issue what? like uh, putting five moxin in together even <laughs> the bad ones are pretty expensive. Yeah. Well, what if what if these
2: were like masterpieces or invention
0: border or something would that have been better? Oh my god. Oh. No. 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 old border is, is is the best. That's the highest tier of borders. So it has the it has the best border in my in my mind at least. I,
2: I think it has, like, uh, those – see, I don't hold the old borders in high regard. So, I for me, this is just cool to see because it looks more like Moxon than anything uh, from the art itself. The border, I could I could care less. I think the border could be – I mean, as long as it's not the, the sketch border, I, th- I think that's, like, the – worst border ever made um uh and yes that that includes Cat's uh invocations so uh i i think that these could be the, the artwork is that's is what's selling me here
1: do, do you think they'll bring back the og dual um templating you know like the the text box on the dual lands do you Ooh, think they would with the swirling like, yeah the swirly thing do you think they would put like shock lands or that would be cool fetch lands that or, would be you know, random sick. standard
2: unplayable cycle, <laughs> right? Do you oh, think they would I, actually bring that back at some point? I would be so upset if they did that with like I don't know the the whatever the Czech lands, the like example the the shatters over Innistrad and then we have the like Strixhaven. Wait, ones. Why, why would
1: you be upset over that, but not upset over box and signets?
2: Because those are so those are not as played, right? Like so example like the like the signets are played a lot. So it would be aren't checklands played a lot or check lands, lands are, but what, what's the the shatters over in a Shrad ones like choke oh, estuary and something, yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So, I like, see, see. Yeah, the yeah. check lands are fine, uh, but I think if they did like the shock lands in the dual borders, like, oh, that would be sick. White, I,
0: I think it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, yeah, no, I mean, no, border no. with the text box, <laughs> oh, and yeah, faded,
1: you know, faded, like it's been in the sun for like too long.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: I'm here for that, I am so here for that. <laughs>
0: I, I think they'll I think they'll get there. Although I will say regarding old borders, do you remember when Times Tower Remastered was coming out and Wizard was kinda like, uh oh, like we didn't really know if it'd work, like we didn't know if people would want these. But apparently they didn't have too many worries because then Modern Horizon 2 had old borders, and then they had Secret Lair with old borders, so it's not like Time Star Remastered was just like a test run because it takes them years to make some of these products. So they had like multiple old border products set up. So I think they must have had an idea that the Nostalgia was going to sell because they went very hard after the old borders recently. As far as these other layer drops, here's a good question for you. So the layer drop that has generated the most conversation is definitely the Praetors. Based on the fact that the value is so high, you're buying $150 worth of cards or something for $30. We've never seen that before in a layer drop. Normally layer drops give you about $30 of cards, $40 of cards for $30. The Eevee is roughly like negative. The Eevee on this is massive. We've never seen a layer drop like it before. Do you think this is advertising? A loss leader where Wizards is like using this, uh, selling it below what they could sell it for to get in more people, to get people to order the bundle and get the other layer drops or whatever, or do you think this is the new normal for Secret Layers, and we're gonna see whatever Force of Negation, Force of Will, Jace, layer Drop for thirty bucks, and giving you five hundred dollars worth of cards or something? I I would love that.
2: Uh, if they if they continue to do this, I I don't care as long as they keep giving me new artworks. Um, so uh, I I like it. I think this could be the new normal, or but I I could also see this being just more so a uh, something for them to like point back at, like look, see. We we did it. We did this one thing, so we're now gonna make really 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 weird product, and this can justify us, and and I don't know you, so you could forgive us. <laughs> but that that's more cynical than anything. I I
1: I, I feel this is a it's not a one time deal, but it's for this specific set of cards. Like these are very specific cards. You buy them once, you're done with. Like I don't think we will ever see Shocklands, Fetchlands uh like like true like multi-format staples that will people will need forever i don't think wizards will heavily discount those i i think like you know one of these things where it's a one-off praetor cycle you know like only certain players want them and you probably need one and that's it all right i think they can just throw it and you know it's not really a lost leader per se like yes they could have made more money but again they're printing like five cent pieces of cardboard Right? So they, they're free to do this as much as they want. It's not going to crash the economy. Like They're not going to use Praetors as the selling point of the next product. So that I think is fine. But like Fetchlands, which they always use to sell the next master set, like no way they will heavily discount like this.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's where I'm kinda at. I think we might see really good deals like this in the in the future. But I do expect they're gonna be like popular commander cards or whatever, like the the Praetors, rather than, as Richard said, fetch lands and uh, the true staples that are always gonna maintain their value. And I also think there's some like flavor aspects with the Praetors. Like, I I, I don't know. We don't got confirmation yet, but we have to be building towards a return to new Phyrexia or some sort of Praetor set next year, like after we get through Innistrad. Like, all the signs are pointing to that. So I feel like... They've been for the last, since the start of this year, really, with Keldheim and uh, getting a new Vorinclex. I feel like they're kind of foreshadowing where we're heading with the magic story. So maybe that's part of the other reason that it's such a good deal is they want people thinking about Praetors and getting hyped for Phyrexians and the creature type update and all this stuff because that's where they're pushing, like, the narrative of magic right now. So, what are you guys buying any of these? That's a big question. I know. So we come from very different spots. Crim, Secret Lair Drop, quite uh, a few of them. Richard and I pretty sparse with our Secret Lair purchases. So, Crim, what are you getting, if anything, from the Super Bundle?
2: Well, actually, as as we're talking about this, I'm currently contemplating, do I want the foil Phyrexian or the non-foil? Because <laughs> like, that's that's the biggest thing. Like, I love this Phyrexian Drop. I just don't know if I want it foil or not. Because I, I myself don't care about foiling. I just like different artwork. But I am getting... So I will get one of those. And then I'm going to definitely get the Signet's non-foil.
0: I would lean towards non-foil personally. But I, I don't know. I feel like foils are just risky quality-wise. I, mean, I think uh, yeah, they maybe yeah, improved yeah. a little bit the last couple sets. But I don't know. Given the choice... Eh, but but like non-foil. also with my
2: luck... I mean, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. That's the thing. With my luck... I haven't had too much of a foiling issue. Um, so I kinda wanna buy the foil because like look at the Praters and look at it, it's an in- inforexian.
0: That's gotta be that's- foil, right? Like that's gotta be foil. <sighs> I kind of wish it was etch foil, honestly. After cracking some uh, Modern Horizons two and seeing the etch foils from the set and how they looked, yeah, I actually really like the etch foiling process. So I know the the signets are foil etched rather than just normal foils, which actually makes me a little more excited to possibly get foils of those because uh, they sold me with Modern Horizons two. They sold me on etch foils. So ugh, I don't know, Richard. What about you? Are you buying any of these lair drops? The only one I'm considering
1: is the D&D one um, because I, I, like the art is super unique, uh, so I really like that, but I don't play any of these cards, <laughs> so I'm like, what, what do I even do with this, right? Uh, I, I don't know. Like something I really used to want, the Elish Norn Phyrexian, uh, but now they're so common. Everyone's going to have them. like, eh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I, I still want it anymore, and plus, like I don't play Elish Norn anymore, uh, and I don't play any of the Praetors, so actually, I I, I don't know. It, they are cool, but like none of these cards are cards I play, so I don't have a reason to buy any of them.
2: You don't even play the signets, <sighs> Richard. I'm not, doesn't no, like no the I Cygnets. hate these signets.
1: <laughs> 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 I, I I like no no not not these signets. But like I, I don't want promo versions of like five set cards, right? I want like oh they're reprinting gamble. Okay, I need a gamble, and this looks cool. I'll buy it. Right? So there's none of those type of cards here that like immediately stick out to me uh that I want to buy. So I'm just like, oh, I like 80s cartoony art, but like I might play War of Invention and that's it. Right? Like I don't play I guess Commander Sphere, but yeah, that's not exciting. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like For me, uh, the Praetors is tempting. Uh, That might be one that I would consider picking up, just because I think the the Frexian language gimmick is really cool. The other one I'm interested in, Insignets are kind of in the running, although... Uh, I love the old border, but I'm not sure I want to pay $60. That's like what, $6 a piece for signets? They're so cheap. Do I really want to have like premium signets when I can play the $1 version? I don't know. The one I'm considering, though, based on what Richard was just saying, is actually the Wasteland drop. Uh, the Wasteland looks sweet. There's a lot of cool old art, like the original Birds of Paradise and Old School Howling Mine. Those cards aren't super valuable, but the Wasteland is valuable. That's a card I actually don't have and would like like to have some copies of, either for commander decks or if I ever play paper legacy and I don't know if that'll ever happen but it would be a card that I would like to have so I'm considering getting the wasteland drop mostly because that's a way to get wasteland at a discount and I think I would use wastelands eventually so I think this drop though does offer a decent amount of value for people so I guess worth keeping in mind uh if you are a fan of secret layers lots of different styles uh good value financially so check it out for sale for uh, another month or To. But uh, let's move on to another financial topic. uh This is some esports news. So it came out last week that there were some changes to upcoming tournaments. Richard, what uh, what changed with Worlds this year? All right,
1: prize pool went from one million dollars to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So seven hundred fifty thousand dollars removed. Uh, in a little line in a little little document they tried to like squeeze by but no big announcement but prize pool cut not too much a surprise wizards was like alluding to this like everyone knew it was coming but uh it's official now it's it's in it's in the world's uh the the esports update uh i guess and then pros are not happy
2: about this obviously I mean that that seems to be about this. the trend, right? Like <laughs> This is this is a bit of a pickle, right? I mean they, well I guess well, it was advertised a while back as as an, a million dollar event. And so now it's yeah. just <laughs> significantly less
0: than that. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, this is this is appalling. This for me like I'm not a pro. This money doesn't impact me at all, but it, it lowers my perception of Wizards uh, even more, just the way they handled this, I think it's important to separate out pro play versus what's happening here. Like we already have talked about the NPL going away. We know that that's happening. We know something hopefully about organized play will be announced eventually. We don't know what it'll be. But even though I don't like the idea of getting rid of pro play altogether, and I don't think it's necessary, that is Wizards choice. Uh, Wizards controls it. If they don't wanna run or- organized play anymore, that's their prerogative. They think they can better spend their money doing something else, that's fine. I might not like it, but that's your call, Wizards. This is very different, in my opinion, because Wizards not only already announced a million dollar prize pool, but there's already people that are qualified for worlds. Like People have made choices in their life to play Magic tournaments and travel to Magic tournaments and spend their time practicing formats in part because the reward is a million dollar tournament and that's a huge chunk of money. There's people that have already qualified for it and now Wizards is taking back the prize pool and lowering it a massive amount from a million to 250,000 is a huge, huge, huge prize cut. I'm honestly not sure how this is legal. Like I honestly didn't know that you could be like, hey, everyone qualify for a million dollar tournament and then just change the prize pool after people qualified like that kind of blows my mind. Like, I, could you see another sport doing that? Could you imagine telling people, like, hey, qualify for the U.S. Open Golf Tournament or whatever? It, this is the prize pool. And then after people go and, like, play their qualifiers and make it, be like, haha, just kidding. We're going to drop that, you know, a whole bunch of money, and you're not actually going to get the prize pool we said. It blows my mind that that's actually something that is legal for Wizards to do. And it, it's just, it's scummy. It just comes across very scummy. And the thing that makes it even worse for me is... It's not like Wizards is struggling. If this was a case where Wizards came out and they were like, hey, we want to do this million dollar tournament. We got wrecked by the pandemic. Our revenue is way down. We got to apologize and we're going to make it up to y'all in the future, but we just don't have the money to have a million dollar prize pool. But we still want to do Worlds. We're going to drop the prizes down. Our apologies. That's what happened. I could respect that. I would still think it was. You know, a little bit unfair that people qualified and then the goalposts are moving after they went through the qualification process. But I can at least empathize with that. It's been a crazy year with the pandemic. Lots of businesses are hurting. But Wizards goes out every every quarter, talks about how revenue is up, talks about how last year's the best year ever, how you made $812 million last year. And as they're doing that, they're also sneaking lines into random articles, cutting prizes that they already promised and people already qualified for. Like, Uh, it's unexcusable for me. Like I just, I I really, I'm not surprised because wizards (laughs) apparently will do anything for a buck, like pinching pennies and they don't care who they're lying to. But wow, like it it really blows my mind that this is an acceptable thing that a company would do. So how
1: could they do it better? Is my question. Like something will be cut from something promised in the future, right? If they wait until afterworlds, Right, it'll be the next pro tour, whatever it is, right? Or it'll be the next Grand Prix season, or it'll be MPL, or at some point when they want to reduce prize pools, like some future event that's already been promised will be hit, right? So I don't know that they can get out of this in any way, right? Like these events are planned like months and years in advance, and then when they're like, "Yeah, we need to make changes," then like I don't know, something has to get hit eventually,
0: right? But but why do they need to make changes? They made $812 million. Their profits and revenues are shooting through the roof. It was the best year ever why Why does a company that made $812 million need to squeeze $750K out of Worlds this year? Like, if they said... Because okay, that money like,
1: in Worlds is not contributing to that $112 million, right? They, but what if they made $240 million because they squeezed the $750 out of Worlds, right? Like, but you already, uh, you already p- promised me, it. Yeah, that's true. But like, I think the like pandemic for me, killed oh, okay. pro play, right? Like, Wizards saw firsthand that, look... We've had a year of like no organized play. We had a year of like no big tournaments. We had a year of like terrible standard and, you know, people not interested in constructed. Yet we sold the most products, made the most money, had the biggest growth. What does it say about pro play, right? It says we don't need it, right? So they're taking the 750000 and they're making another secret lair drop or something with it, which will bring them way more money such that next quarter they can tell their investors like hey we made 112 last year this year we made 220 right so it's totally rational right but like <laughs> i i don't know right like they just don't need it's, pro play and it needs to get cut somewhere how can they do it without Angering everyone, but I don't <laughs> well, uh, think they can. Right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's a <laughs> like way they can do it, right? Without, without like aggravating everyone. But much like Seth said, I think this is of all the events that you would pull from, not worlds, especially not the last worlds or what I perceive to be the mo- like, you know what I mean? The the last worlds before I, I, I feel like pro magic goes bye bye, and I, I just don't think you can pull from something that major that people have been spending all their time working towards. You pull pull it out of something else. I mean, you, you're, you're like I don't know but which one. You it pull is. out of
1: pro tours, grand prix's, I PTQ? I mean, like I don't know, right? Or, like someone's gonna get hurt somewhere, right? You just
2: take the uh, L. Like I think you, you just take the L when you're you're wizards. However, R- what Richard's saying though does does make sense in that, like yeah, like wizards has now seen how much pro magic and all that doesn't matter, uh, and and. Like, I I feel like Wizards was already moving down that path, anyways. It's just that quarantine kind of expedited and fast tracked this. And so, like, yeah, like this, this is like, yeah, one of those things where I just feel like there's no way they could do it without pissing everyone off. So they just said, you know what, we're just going to do it, anyways. Although they should keep good on their word and their promises. Or if not, then I, I'm expecting other things to be done away with. Certain other lists <laughs> to be done away with if we, if we don't care about promises.
0: I mean that's that's my problem with it is the 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 breaking of the promise and going back on the word like if you got to cut pro play I might not like it but that's wizards might know more than I do they have way more research than I do they know the numbers from a financial perspective it probably makes sense to cut pro play as much as it you know, bothers someone like me who likes watching professional magic and likes watching GP streams and so forth. But the the fact that they're just going back on what they said is what bothers me. I think you just got to, as Krim said, you got to just take the L, like announce it next year, there's no worlds or that the prize pool is 10 bucks like you <laughs> can do whatever you want it's going back on it's the, the part that bothers me is that you already said you know what it reminds me of have you ever seen some of those like Reddit posts where someone orders a card off like TCG player or oh. whatever or off of eBay <laughs> and then the card price spikes and the person like doesn't send the card and everyone gets all like upset because obviously that's super scummy I kind of feel like that's what Wizards is doing here like they promise to do something and then something changed they realize that pro play doesn't actually matter to their bottom line, and then they're not sending the card that they promised to sell you, I don't know how you can view it as anything but scummy. So if you got to cut it for the future, that's fine. You just can't. You can't just go back on your word like that, because then how do we trust you with anything? Like, how next time Wizard says anything about anything, like, how do you know they're telling the truth? How do you know they're not just going to change their mind again <laughs> in the future trust when it advantage. suits them better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean,
1: but that's normal but okay what should we do as players if, if you're unhappy about this should we do anything S- send out angry tweets still buy secret layer drops boycott secret layer drops I like this is look- what do we do? we're just gonna send some angry tweets and then go buy the super drop and then we'll just be like yep we made money as expected and then that'll be it right so like what could we actually do about this to show our displeasure
2: you know, the the issue I, is that I, I don't even think like the people that are are, are pissed about this are going to be the ones tweeting. But the ones spending their money are the ones that don't even engage in any of this. They don't even know what's going on. They don't even know that this is happening. Yeah. Then it doesn't care. It doesn't matter to them. Right. This is like non news to them because they're
0: like, what is Worlds?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, what was this thing? Right. <laughs> so they're not going to know anything about it.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think the only option is to vote with your wallet, so to speak. Although. I'm very skeptical that that'll actually, that'll actually do anything. I mean, could it do something? Sure. Like, if half the community stopped spending money on Magic cards, that would hit b- Wizards' bottom line. But there's just uh, no way that there would actually actually be the ability for the community to organize and stick to that. And, I mean, I even feel a little hypocritical about it. As I'm angry about this, I just cracked a bunch of collector booster boxes of Modern <laughs> Rises, too, and really enjoyed the cards. So... Uh, like what can you do like uh, but at the same time do you just accept it does that mean we just let corporations have free reign to do whatever like i don't can they can wizards take and sell us these secret lair drops and then send us a bunch of basic lands instead of the cards that we were ordering and we just got to be like oh okay sure like i guess like you can do whatever you want
1: to happen to you right what what would you do you would never buy a secret lair ever again Right. And that, that would actually hit Watsy like quite directly. But something like this, like, what can we do? We can either not watch Worlds and they're like, yeah, good thing we shut it down. No one watches <laughs> it. Or we can be like, let's show our support for Worlds. Everyone, let's watch it. And it's like the best stream ever. And then Watsy's like, look, we only had, you know, $250,000 in this event and everyone watched it. The extra money was not needed. Right. So this is a little tricky because I don't know how we could directly impact it. With something with cards, we could stop buying
2: them. But well, like, we'd have to really organize that and, <laughs> and and double down on it and not buy things. As I and you know, well, also if you I'm need to hypocritical.
1: It, it means it's not widespread, right? Yeah. Like if they literally sent you basic lands, that affects everyone, and everyone will just stop buying secret layers. But if it's something like Walking Dead, right? Or like maybe a group of people feel passionately about it, but everyone else doesn't. Right? The people just keep buying it and it just works out as Wizards intended, right? Like that's not widespread. So you know, you actually do need to organize something. Um, so I think like how
0: universal it is affects, you know, how easy it is to pull off as well. Yeah. I I mean, maybe the people that could have the biggest impact might be the pros. Like, what if the the pros didn't show up to worlds or like did some sort of boycott, like, you know, Jerry T style boycotted the event, but even that, does that even matter? Wizards trying to pro-play anybody? Maybe that's exactly what, what Wizards would want to have happen. <laughs> so, then that so the is biggest just, thing, you know.
1: I think all the pros quit Magic and they play Hearthstone or something. And then for some reason, the Hearthstone esports scene like really takes off. And that really shows like the value the pros add to it. It would be something like that, right? And that would actually probably make some news, right? Like, oh, every Magic the Gathering pro quit to play Runeterra. Right, I think that would be yeah. a juicy article. Uh, now, would people do that? I don't know. Right, and what actually matter? Like after that, like one month of like big news, like I don't know.
0: Well, I I think you're right that probably nothing is gonna change from this. Everyone's gonna complain. Everyone's gonna know that it's scummy and wrong, but everyone's gonna buy the the super drop, <laughs> and the world will go on, and we'll do it again next time. Wizards does something backhanded or scummy, so. Ah, Well, we got another topic, and that involves Magic Arena. So there are some changes to the Historic Brawl format. Richard, what are they changing about Historic Brawl? All right. So we, we now have
1: a 100-card Historic Brawl queue happening, and we have an unbanning of Golos and Winota. And uh, you get some promos. You get some promo art styles if you uh, play through the event. But it's actually live now. It's actually live right now. And it goes on for, I think, where's the end date on this? It was a couple weeks, I believe. And uh, a lot of people are actually trying to make it permanent, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's actually one week. It says it goes to the twenty-one Oh, one week. It goes to so this Friday. So it runs until Friday. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the big changes are kind of twofold. I mean, people love Historic Brawl. I think a lot of people, I did a poll on Twitter a while ago, Uh, most people, by a huge majority, would prefer to have Historic Brawl be Brawl. Like, just make all Brawl historic, uh, if you had to choose between Historic and Standard Brawl. But the big changes are going to 100 cards, for one thing, up from 60. And then, uh, the unbanning of these commanders in Brawl using some of the systems that i believe are used for unranked play on arena where they're going to try to Match make you with decks that are similarly powerful. So they basically said like Golos Winota really busted commanders. So instead of banning them, what we're going to do is make it so if you're playing Golos or Winota, you're kind of going to be in the the Golos Winota busted commander bracket basically, and you'll play against other decks that have busted commanders. But then if you're not playing Golos or Winota or one of whatever is on their list of like the top tier most broken commanders, if you're playing another commander, then you won't be matched theoretically, against the Golosos in Winota. So it's kind of, in theory, the best of both worlds. If you want to play busted Golos commander, you can do it. It's not banned anymore. But if you hate Golos and don't want to get beat by Golos, you can play a janky commander and not get matched with it. What do you think about those two changes? Like, is Brawl better as 100 cards? And what do you think of matchmaking rather than bannings for some of the overpowered commanders of the format?
2: To be honest with you, I think Brawl is hitting a hundred cards is pretty much us more so just wanting commander on arena. And this is the closest we're going to get to it. Um, as for Brawl itself, I, okay, let's be honest here. I don't think anybody really actually, uh, okay, that's, 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 that's being a bit dramatic, but I think a majority of the player base doesn't care about Brawl. <laughs> Right, I mean, like, why? Why would I want to yeah. play rotating, you know, commander or whatever? Right, standard commander. That that's that's not really all that great. Now, the only reason why brawl is even getting any activity at all is because it's just commander or what we the closest thing we can get to it without the multiplayer part.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. it's weird. So historic brawl does have a following. Like a lot of people are waiting for it to come back, and they want it to be a full time queue, right? So you know it, it is one of those places on arena where you can play all of your cards right and you can actually make use of your singleton cards you don't need a play set of wild cards for whatever mythic right whatever you open can go in your brawl deck having said that it's 1v1 brawl which is like nothing like commander but i did know i do notice like on moto a lot of people play 1v1 commander like not the actual like Dual commander format, but like they play commander, but they prefer to play one versus one, which I don't understand because it's not commander when you do that, it's more like just playing like modern or something. But a lot of people will queue up into two player games as opposed to four player games. So for those players, I think this is really good. Uh, the matchmaking aspect, I don't, I I don't know, it depends how they do it. It should really be like on how good your deck is, and that should be record based right? It should not just be like, oh, you have a Golos in your deck. Your deck is good. It should be like, no, you've played 10 games. You've won like 80% of them. Your deck is good. We'll match you with other people with 80% win rate. Uh, That's how the ladder should actually work. Uh, I don't think the ladder works like that in any way. And I don't know that the unranked like waiting works like that at all, but that's how magic should work where no matter how janky your deck or no matter how good your deck it's like what your actual results are with it that matter, right? You could you could take a tier one deck and just be not good at it. You don't want to get, you know, thrown against the other spikes like destroying you, right? You want to be playing with people your skill level. So I hope they do some kind of like win rate-based uh you know, balancing as opposed to like, oh, you have Golos, your deck is tier one. Play these other tier one decks.
0: Yeah, that's that's kinda where I land on it too, as far as the matchmaking thing. I guess my concern is as we see on Commander Clash, like sometimes you have a pretty bad janky deck with a pretty powerful commander. So not all Golos or even Winoda decks are created equal and I could imagine that someone might want to build what they think is a a fun version of Golos. I I know we've had bad experiences uh, trying to do that in the past on Commander Clash, but in theory it could work. You could build an underpowered, really janky version of Golos, but then you're still going to have to play against the good queues. So I do think you could be a little bit more exact with the matchmaking than just be like, oh, your commander is this, so you're obviously playing a busted deck. As far as 100 cards, eh. I don't know. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Brawl player. I don't know if it's better or worse. I asked a few people. Mixed responses. Some people liked it. Some people didn't like it. It does make it slightly more commander-ish. It also, I guess, probably costs more wild cards. Uh, so maybe that's a drawback, is it makes it more expensive to build a Brawl deck. But there is a dedicated fan base to Brawl. It's not huge. It reminds me a little bit of, like, pauper or something on Magic Online, where not that many people play it, but the people who do play it really, really love it. And I would love to have a full-time historic brawl queue for the people who do enjoy it. So hopefully these are good changes. Uh, in At least it means Wizards is thinking about the format enough to change it, which I assume is a good sign as far as the format's chances of actually being a full part of Magic Arena and having a, a regular queue that's always up rather than being something that just comes and goes for a week here or there. Anyway, I think those are our big topics for today. Was there, oh, something I wanted to mention that I just I just thought of before we get to Fishmail. Uh, it's Prime Day, on Amazon Prime, if you do the Amazon thing, and uh, there's some super cheap commander decks at the moment. I actually ordered some myself this morning, the Ikoria commander decks, the ones that have like Fierce Guardianship and all those kind of very broken free spells. They're selling the bundle of all five of those for $69.99 today on Amazon, which is, I mean, Fierce Guardianship's like 40 bucks all by itself. So I think you're definitely getting your, your money's worth. So if you're looking to fill out your commander collection, might be worth checking out uh, the Prime Day deals for some old Commander precons uh, on the cheap. Anyway, I guess it's fishmail time. Uh, Richard, take it away. Alright, if you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag
1: mtgfishmail and we'll get to your questions on air. My Weekly Grind. Have we hit the peak amount on the number of variants allowable for a set with Modern Horizons 2? Figure out which variants come in which booster packs still seem confusing even
0: after the set's release. Yeah, I I think so. I <laughs> I opened four four collector booster boxes and I'm still not 100% sure what comes in those packs in all honesty. Like I was still finding myself surprised, probably like wait, why is this a foil? Why is there a sketch card? Here? I I don't understand. Like uh, so so yeah, I think maybe we've reached uh, we might have already gone too far in my opinion where I really like having some special versions but having foil and etch foil and all these other versions uh with modern horizons probably just a little bit too much for players to keep track of i have no idea what comes in any of the booster packs i just hope i
2: open something that's like (laughs) i i could not tell you i just buy this i'm like i i think this is where i get like you know full art cards uh and and if i don't then it's like well all right that sucks (laughs) yeah i i think it's it's
1: actually really bad because if you actually look at forums, you see people don't even know what they're opening. Like a lot of the questions are, is this card foil etched or foil? And we don't know, right? And they're like, well, is there a sliver of foiling on the border? Uh, you know, what like, what is this? Is this even foil at all? Uh, was a common question for Strixhaven. So it's not clear that when they have these two different types of foilings and they're not consistent between products as well they're also different from product to product What foil edged means uh, that's a problem the list is a big problem the list is where it comes in set boosters and it's a reprint from magic and there's a little planeswalker symbol on the bottom but the the icon the set icon is the original set icon so people are like why did i open a complex card in my uh in my modern horizons 2 pack this must be an error and they get super confused So yeah, I think it's super confusing and I don't know how anyone keeps track of it. Like every, every day, every set release, I spend like at least like one to two days figuring out what comes in what, so I can do the EV calculations and it is a drag. It is so difficult. It's so confusing. I don't know how the normal person does this. Uh, next question. B wonders, do you guys think grief ephemerate is actually too strong? When you break it down, you're spending three cards for three of your opponent's cards, and ending with a body in play is a four for three. Really, too powerful?
0: No. So, okay. So, I I wouldn't say it's too powerful at this point. I think we're still early in Modern Horizons two, but I think it's important to to point out that you're getting your opponent's three best cards. That's a lot different than three random cards. Like, the power of it is you can usually take all the good stuff out of your opponent's hand as early as turn one or turn two and make it so they just have lands left in hand does that mean it's too good for modern needs to be banned i wouldn't go that far but i do think it's better than just a three for two because you're getting their best stuff out of their hand
2: you see Seth, you just got to be me and you just never draw lands. So, haha, your <laughs> my hand is still resilient for I have no lands. <laughs> but but legit I I don't think that's that big of a deal for for modern right now. I have a bigger issue with modern right now and it is and it it, it has to do with a certain land where you don't even have to do really any in-game actions to win the game. So, uh <laughs> I, I, like, for, for me right now, Ephemerate and Grief is just very powerful. It is an extremely powerful interaction that can happen, but not too strong for Modern. Not yet. I think it's too strong. I, I actually did some
1: math, okay? So I actually sold all my treasure chests uh, that I've accumulated, and I've made, like, plus $150 or something on Moto just grinding, like, blade. Uh It wow. is really, like... You need to remember that if you take three cards out of your opponent's hand, they got nothing, right? Like, if they kept, like, two lands, three lands, they are literally just playing off the top of their deck. So, like, any synergy-based decks, like, really fall apart, right? Like, the decks that can still win are, like, Jun-style decks where, like, just one card is good enough, right? They draw their one good card, and then they can take care of you, right? But if you need, like, two or three cards to get something done, Grief Ephemerate is really strong, and... I would say, like, when, when I manage to do it on turn one on the play, I probably win, like, 90% of my matches, right? Like, yeah, sometimes you lose, right? Or sometimes they mull the five, and then you can't even, like, you, you go negative because they don't have any cards to take. But <laughs> you've been outplayed so strong.
2: <laughs> yeah, you get outplayed sometimes, right?
1: But it's, it's so strong. It is so ridiculously strong to take like, the th- like, it's like a Delver where you have, like, cleared the path for, like, three turns already, right? Like, you're playing a tempo deck without actually doing any tempo things. So, I actually think it's too strong. I, I think a mid-range deck should not have... It- it's like Jund, where, like, you're, like, 52-48 versus the whole field. You don't have a bad matchup. That's not right. It should be the other way around, right? You should be, like, 48-52, right? But I think it makes it too strong. I- and it's not too overly broken so I don't know if it will get banned like it's not like in your face hogak broken but like I don't know how does it feel to get turn one grief ephemerated
2: on the other end hit me with that every time do you feel like you're gonna win no, no. That you feel you're going to win when that happens? Yeah, I still can win through that. I can't win through you not doing anything and just activating Ursus. Like, I can win on a
1: Molda 5, too, right? But, you know, the
0: odds just went dramatically down when, when this happened, right? I, I, like, it's, I, it's, it's I feel like it more. also... It also gotta depend on the deck you're playing. Like I I think from the from the control side of things, you maybe you're fine. You're just like, oh, I'm gonna play a Jason, make that all I'll path your thing, play a Jace, like well, your deck whatever. Is like, sure, you did your thing. Right. Uh,
2: yeah. but
0: then if you're but other decks, if you're trying to like play a combo or anything like that, or even just a deck that doesn't have much card advantage, it can be pretty brutal and essentially just like win the game on the spot. You actually think that Urza Saga's uh Still more problematic, Grim? Yeah. I Yeah, I know we talked about it last week. Your, has your opinion changed at all in the past week? Nope. <laughs> because I've now. I mean, I've.
2: It's not like I only play control on on modern right. I mean, it is my favorite thing to play. But playing any other matchup too, and it's just like I. I think Urza's Saga is much more problematic than than, than grief Ephemerate. grief Ephemerate me into the sun. That's fine. I I, I don't care. The, the The Urza's Saga just requires you not to do anything and just sit there. And I think that's Absurd. You go get now, like, Shadow Spear is popular because all of the people are just getting Shadow Spears and they're giving all their little annoying 10 10, 11, 11 tokens, trample, and <laughs> lifelink. And it's just like, what is going on right now? You haven't even done anything.
1: <laughs> Can't you just play like a two mana disenchant in the main deck and call it a day? You like, sure hope. Very Esper, Esper like, Charm. Like, Cram okay, S- Esper Asper Charm. Esper Charm is, 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 is an answer. Be a two mana one that is more versatile than a disenchant.
2: I mean, but the thing is, Esper Charm is an answer to it, and like it is but it's it's, slow. It's been performing quite well, but that like yeah, like I, it's not whether or not it's beatable for me. It's just like the pattern of play that 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 comes with it is just absurd. It's the same as I don't have to do anything and I just play a land and feel the dead will kill you.
0: For me, Modern has been in a really good place lately. I honestly, in the last week, haven't really found Grief Ephemera or Urza Saga to be that problematic. I, I'm actually, like, overall pretty happy with where the meta's at. I think both of those things could be things that were problematic, but my experience has been, even though those are both really powerful, I don't feel like I play against them all that much. It's it's definitely does not remind me of broken metas in the past, where it's like, oh my god, I'm playing this same busted deck two or three times, every league that I play. For me, Modern has felt very diverse. And sure, some of those things are powerful. There are games where Urza Saga feels unbeatable. There are games where I lose on turn one to Grief ephemerate or whatever. But overall, I'm pretty happy with how the format's out. So I'm kind of in like no changes mode right now wait and see how things develop over the next few weeks or or so but i i don't think i would want anything banned if i had the choice right now
2: i i yeah i love modern right now i think modern is absolutely a blast and very diverse but just no Urza saga <laughs> all right someone
1: <laughs> someone give me a deck where i can grief ephemerate and then go into an urza saga that's what, what, is <laughs> what is this deck? It, it's called
2: just anything with Urza Saga. <laughs> you can keep your, your best cards. That's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> and I'm just going to beat you with a 10-10. And if you can't deal with it.
1: I, I got to get those three Esper charms out of your hand so my Urza Saga lives. At that you know? point, I'm just drawing cards.
2: or <laughs> I'm like I'm going to die with cards in hand. Sorry.
1: Alright, last question B wonders, are people not opening Modern Horizons 2 online? I've been trying to get old border cards for EDH And I noticed the supply has been non-existent Since they dropped Does this mean demand for them is aggressive Or there's no cards entering the system?
2: I think it's the demands aggressive
0: so it's a, a little of both. I think demand is aggressive, but it's worth pointing out that the old border cards from the set in specific, they only show up in treasure chests, so they are very very rare as a result. You don't actually don't actually get all of them in a in booster packs. I actually don't know if you get any of them in booster packs on Moto. Have you guys opened old border cards in booster packs? Uh, I haven't tried no, opening you any. You of don't get them chest. in booster I, packs. It's only treasure so chests it is only treasure chests right yeah so so that keeps the supply uh very very low uh, there's actually some interesting numbers on goat bots that shows you how many chests you have to open to get a get a specific card and looking at like old border scarding, a scalding scalding turn let's say it's one in every 3600 chests So there are just not that, that's that's a lot of money. That's $10,000 worth of treasure chests almost that would need to be open for a single Old Border Scalding Tarn to enter the system. So I think that the Old Border cards, until they do something different with them, increase the drop rates or something, I expect them to be incredibly expensive and stay, especially the good ones. The janky ones, you'll probably be able to find. But the good ones, they're going to be super, super hard to find and super, super expensive. I want the Old Border Fetchlands, too, and I haven't even been able to find most of them to buy at any price. They're just not in stock anywhere. So, So, uh, related to this, treasure chests are worth a lot right now because of
1: uh, these new Modern Horizons 2 cards, which I learned when I unloaded all my treasure chests. So I think the events are actually super plus EV uh, at the moment, and then you can crack your chest for the gamble at that Scalding tard, or you could just sell it back to bots. Uh, but they're actually worth a lot.
2: I always yeah, tell I myself think- I'm going to sell to bots, and I get immediately confused, and I don't want to look at the interface, so I just you know you know what it's fine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that leagues are actually plus EV right now. I think uh, that's that's something else that's available on the internet. I think that on average, you're plus $1 of EV for playing a league when you consider the current price of uh, of treasure chest. So I guess that's a good thing for players. I believe this is the highest treasure chest of men, I want to say ever, but at least in a very, a very long time, like uh, closing in on three ticks. So and maybe they stay up there, and maybe that's Wizards' plan is they have these old border cards that are going to maintain their value and be really expensive, and that's going to help keep the EV of treasure chests up, and that in turn makes it better to play events because you're getting more for your treasure chests if you don't open them. So maybe maybe it's a positive thing for everyone except the person who wants the old border Scalding Tarn or whatever other old border cards.
1: I want to say you can go back to the good old days of making Moto your full-time job where you like triple Q and just play because like way back, uh, the events had even more EV. Uh, They gutted them at some point. But like right now, like a lot of people are playing modern, uh, you know, 50% win rate gives you plus one EV. Uh, If you do a lot better than that. Uh, you can do all, very well. I, I wonder if someone would actually do the math. Because I remember this was a thing back in the day where people actually do the math to figure out if you can just grind Moto as a job. And some people actually did it. So maybe uh, <laughs> maybe that's where pro magic goes. You go back to grinding Moto for tickets.
0: Oh, God, that sounds <laughs> so sad. <laughs> <laughs> they would triple Q. It, you would
1: play three games at once, right? <laughs> it, it was crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it might. I mean, I guess it depends on how Good, you are. I think your win rate would have to be pretty high. I think if you go four and one, your profits like almost $16 a league, but that's what 80% win rate. I don't think that's sustainable, but maybe at like if you were like a 70% modern player and you could play multiple cubes at once, two or three at once, you might actually be able to. Uh, be able to make a a decent living off moto which it's been a while since that's been true and also like moto's kind of booming right now i think modern horizons and the impending return of paper magic giving people a place to play paper modern again has been really really good for moto but moto's been very active the prices of ticks are back up i've had a lot of people message me and say that they never tried moto before and they're trying it for the first time to get into modern because they want to play modern because of modern Horizons. so uh, yeah i mean i think moto is in maybe the best place it's been in in since arena launched right now which is kind of encouraging uh, I, I don't think moto is on its last legs or about to die or anything like that because it's definitely been a good a good few months for magic online yeah, I, I want to say
1: it felt really good playing like Modern Horizons nonstop for like a couple of weeks and then coming out with like, you know, hundred plus dollars as opposed to my arena experience where I walk away like down $300. Uh, so that's I'm like, it? oh, look, I somehow made money with this, right? Like, wow, amazing. That's that's like buying cards when they first released too, like paying like $50 for grief or whatever too, right? So... I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite happy of where Moto's at at the moment. <laughs> Richard
0: confirmed the yeah, griefer. I,
1: I, <laughs> I am a griefer. That, I will grief you so hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't even take into consideration the loan programs. That's the other thing that's been very noticeable is I've been playing a ton of different Modern Horizons 2 decks, Arena needs a loan program so badly, but it, it's so sweet to just be like, hey, this is a really cool deck. Sure, it has $500 of Aragavans in it and other new cards, which it would be ridiculously expensive if uh, I actually had to buy all the cards for all the decks I've played over the last two weeks. But because of loan programs, it's actually pretty cheap to be able to just play anything you want on Magic Online, which it, it always makes me feel so bad when I go back to Arena. I'm like, oh my God, I need this Mythic. I got to crack a ton of packs. But in just like a couple of seconds you can play whatever deck you want for a relatively low price so yeah anyway i think that is all our fish mail richard what if people got questions for next week where should they send them uh, you can send them to
1: at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish And we'll get to your questions
0: on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 334 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So Richard, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about maybe Forgotten Realm spoilers. I think that starts next Monday and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have an amazing week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out. We'll be right back. back.